Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. When we're talking about relationships and relationship matters, here is the premise of this whole series. Nothing impacts a person more than the environment. The environment that you're in has a major influence, and nothing influences the environment that you're in more than relationships. I joked around about this a few weeks ago when I said I have the cure for anybody that has a major addiction. I take them to the middle of Antarctica, and I drop them off, and guess what? Immediately, they're cured. They don't have any more addictions. They don't have any more struggles. They don't, now, they're going to figure out where am I going to sleep, where am I going to eat, and that'll start bothering them. But as far as addictions and, and all the struggles they have that may be where they're living, because the environment has changed, everything else changes. Well, I believe also relationships in your environment have a major, major, major impact. Some relationships you choose. You think about friends. Think about jobs. Think about dating thinking about the person that you said yes to and and in marriage. Like all of those things are relationships that you have in your life that influence your life that's by you choosing them. Some of you have relationships that impact your life very dramatically that you're like, I I, I didn't pick this. They're called parents, (laughs) family, children. Yeah, and you're going, trust me. Because if I would have picked, I would not have picked this. And so the question is, how do you handle that? In fact, Let's, let's talk, I'm gonna, can I give you a real quick just parenting tip? I'm working on a message that's coming up for the next series. Can I just, some of the things I'm working on, can I give you a little, for the parents in the room, a couple of weeks ago I said, never love your children so much that it leads you down a road of disobedience. But there, there's another parenting tip that I have for you, being the father of five and being in student ministry for 25 years, that I'll especially help you in the early ages, uh, early years, and especially into the teenage years. Are you ready for this? Just know, character development is greater than behavioral correction. Character development is greater than behavioral correction. And you say, well, what am I going to do with that? Well, in a few weeks, you'll find out more. I'm just here to help you guys as we move forward, and we're doing different things, but it's really about relationships. And I remember somebody telling me this. I don't even remember where I was. I want to think it was in my teen years, but they said, you know, the key to relationships, if you want joy in relationships, then, then the word joy is like a little acronym, and it's about priorities, right? And when it comes to your relationship, you got to have Jesus first and others second and you last. And I was like, oh, look, that spelled joy. Well, I'm going to focus on you. <laughs> We're going to look into God's word for a minute because I believe that even though we think about us being last, I think that what we do with ourselves influence more than anything else. I think a lot of times we are so caught up in everything that's around us and trying to influence everything that's around us when it comes to relationships and the relationships that matter that we never stop really and, and control the one thing that we really have the ability to control. I gave a little parenting tip. I'll give a little marriage advice. Bring your best self. Like rather than worrying about your spouse or where your spouse is at, and I don't care if you're dating, 
like rather than focusing on all those things, like if you're dating and there are issues that you don't like, there's a word that, that's very applicable to your life. It, it's called done, because you're not gonna change them. But, but if you like, but I love them. Well, I, I understand, all right? I love pizza, but I gotta break up with pizza because it's killing me, all right? And so it, it's one of those things that, but you gotta get to a point where you say, you know what, all I can do is bring, if, if I do what I'm supposed to do, then it hits the tough question of like, okay, do I need to be in this? And I'm gonna talk about that here in just a minute. But let's get into God's word because with relationships, what I wanna focus on today is the you side. And, and I wanna go to a scripture that most people don't use because usually they use the Matthew version in Matthew chapter seven. But it's probably the by far most quoted but misused text in God's word. It comes from the Sermon on the Mount and it's actually talking about relationships. And you've heard it put this way. Now, now stick with me, because what I'm going to tell you is the intro, but I'm going to give you the biblical truth behind it, because it starts with, with two negatives and then two positives, and it starts with, do not judge lest you judge. Anybody ever had that thrown in your face? Like, you go up to somebody, and you're like, you know what, you, you, man, I'm a little bit worried. You really shouldn't be doing it, and they're like, don't you judge me. Judge not lest you be judged. God's Word said you ain't judging nobody. And you're like, my bad, okay, go ahead, drive 90. I'm just telling you that on my Waze app, there's a cop right there. And so I ain't got to judge you because you got a court date, and guess what? You're going to be judged. I was just trying to help you out. Like, I'm trying to give you guardrails that protect you from stuff. But then when you go, and in church life, we like to use the word, well, we need accountability. And everybody loves accountability till it's time to count. And then they're like, well, no, no. No, I just need to worry about my own abilities. You judge not lest you judge. Like God said not to judge nobody. And you're trying to figure out like, what is, is that what it says? And so let me dive into God's word and let me tell you the biblical truth about what God's word says. It's in Luke chapter six, starting in verse 37. Again, it starts with two that are negative. It's basically saying, be careful with these two things. The first thing he says, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. So the first two that he's, he's telling you, hey, be careful. This is Dr. Luke's inspiration. He's all about people. He was a doctor. And he's saying, listen, be careful when you judge people, because if you judge people, you are going to be judged. Be careful when you condemn people, because if you condemn people, you are gonna be condemned. You say, so Mickey, you're telling me just to, you know, everybody can do whatever they want to. I should never have an opinion, never talk about God's word. That's not what I'm saying. Bear with me. Here in a minute, I'll give you the whole thing. But the first thing you need to realize when it comes to relationships, and what I'm wanting you to catch extremely early, is there is something in every relationship you've ever had that you can control. It's the most common denominator of every relationship in your life. It's called you. Like I joke around about that. Like I don't ever get up upset at people that make poor decisions because like I, I can't blame somebody because I have been a part of every poor decision I've ever made. Now I may have been with different people, but I can never blame those different people because I'm always the common denominator in every single one of them. Now, I may get with certain people and it can be a little bit more extreme, 
and I can get with other people and they kind of help me move towards the right thing. But the reality is, is the only person that's been a part of every one of my poor decisions is me. And so what this scripture is talking about is, hey, listen, you better be careful from the way that you're judging and the way that you're condemning and what you are judging and condemning about because the standard at which you hold people is gonna be the same standard that he's gonna hold you. Let me put it in Southern terms. You ever heard this saying? Hello, pot, it's the kettle. That is the biblical Southern translation of judge not lest you be judged. Do not condemn unless you be condemned. Those are the two negatives that he says. But then he follows it up with two positives. Listen to what he says. In other words, be careful with these first two. Now, with these next two, be a little bit reckless. The opposite of careful is reckless, right? Like, be a little bit reckless. Like, like use these as much as possible. And here's where they are. You ready? Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together running over, will be put into your lap. Now, I love the fact that in this translation, not only is God's word speaking, but he's talking about like when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to giving, when it comes to being generous to people. Like for one, you better be, you better be careful because the way you do it is gonna put you on a platform to actually receive that same judgment, to receive that same condemnation. But then he doesn't just leave us there. He says, guess what? Also with the way you are so gracious with your things and the way that you pour out blessings on other people and the way that you forgive other people, that also will return. Now, I got intrigued when he got to the giving side because he listed some things and I'm gonna read them one more time. He said, do it in a good measure. And then he says, press down, shaken together, running over. It's the concept that, that I, I can remember as a kid all right, anybody that's been around me a long time knows this is probably a story I share way too much. I love Cracker Barrel. You say, why do you love it? Because they have food, all right? And that's usually my first common denominator in most places that I love, all right? But the other reason why I love it is because I grew up in a town called Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Well, I wasn't in the heart of Mount Juliet. I was over by a highway called Highway 109, which was in between Mount Juliet in Lebanon, Tennessee. It's in Middle Tennessee, right off of Interstate 40. Well, right off of that exit, if you took the old railroad bed road, how's that for a good Southern name, right? All right? But you took the old railroad bed and, you'd rent, and you ran into this gas station that had these big, large glass windows and they had a restaurant in there. And when you sat down, they would first give you biscuits and cornbread and then you'd order your food. Yes, it was the original Cracker Barrel. And that's the reason why their headquarters is in Lebanon, Tennessee. But one of the things I remember from the Cracker Barrel where I grew up is they would sell candy by the bag. So I would get my, my bag and I would start putting it with candy and, and I wouldn't just stack it and then be like, oh, okay. Like I'd start shaking it. I'd start pressing it. I, I, like, I want to put everything I possibly can. Like, I'm paying $2 whether this thing has 100 pieces of candy or two pieces of candy. This same concept is what's going on here. When he talks about being generous and giving to other people, he says, in a good measure, I'm gonna pour it back out on you, but it's gonna be different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shake it down. 
I'm going to press it down. It's going to run over. And then he uses these last words that I got so intrigued with. He says, and then will be put in your lap. You say, Mickey, what in the world does that mean? Listen to me. And it's not going to be because of your own effort. Like you're going to have things happen in your life that it's not because of something that you're doing, but he's, I'm going to put it in your lap. When it comes to the way that we pour out our giving towards people and being generous when they're in need, when we see somebody that's in need and we, and we have sympathy and compassion and we help them, when we see somebody that, that needs a, a coat and we're like, man, I got, I got two or three coats. Here, take this coat. Well, but that's your good jacket. Well, that's okay. I got two other jackets at the house. Here. You know, and God's saying, you know what? I see that and I want you to be reckless with that. I want you to do that as often as you can and just know that being the God, the creator of the world, I'm gonna pour in good measure more back out on you. And what I'm gonna give to you, you can't even earn it. Like, and I'm gonna shake it down. I'm gonna pack it down. I'm gonna overflow it and I'm, just, I'm gonna just lay it in your lap. Now, quick rabbit trail. I've just given you guys a theological background of how most of our lives are. When you look at your life, you can't explain it. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I did. I don't know why God's blessed me. I don't know why he's given me an amazing wife. I don't know why he's given me children. I don't know why he's done this. I don't know why he's done that. I don't know why about the job. I don't know why. And the reality is, is, is what it is, is that God's saying, you know what? Because I'm God. And because you're obedient and being gracious, I'm just gonna put some stuff in your lap. You say, Mickey, what's that got to do with relationships? Well, it's the last part. For with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. Now, if you have a paper Bible, write, underline the word it, and above it put all four. The it in this Greek text is not referring just to the giving. And most people want to use this like, like some sort of a tithe message. That's not what we're doing because that's not what this is talking about. The it is actually referring back to all four of the other things. It's referring about judgment. It's referring about condemnation. It's referring about forgiveness. And it's referring about the giving. And what God's word is teaching is that when it comes to the relationships in your life, when it comes to the way that you judge people, the way you condemn people, the way you forgive people, and the way that you give to people, the measure in which you do that, it's gonna come back to you the same way. You say, Mickey, prove it. Well, I'll prove it with the parable he'd said after this. Are you ready? He turns around and the first part's about influence. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? Think, think about the visual that he's giving, you know? It's like, hey, we're going to go eat lunch. Great. And I'm blind. I'm like, I'll drive. Boom. Maybe not. Okay. He's like, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? Then listen to what he says. Verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like a teacher. The, the words that are there, again, if you have a paper Bible, kind of circle or put a little arrow between 40 and 41 and just write the word influence. 
This is the biblical concept of influence. You're going to have people in your life that influence you, and depending on what influence they have in you will determine how you influence others. As a disciple, a disciple was a word of somebody that sat under somebody else's teaching. And they never become greater than their teacher, but eventually they do become like a teacher. Why? Because everybody's in the stage of growing. Listen to me. I'm chasing a quick rabbit and we'll get back on track. A lot of people grow up in faith, but they never move to a point where they're growing other people up in faith. That's not what God's calling you to. God has put relationships in your life to teach you. Not that you would ever become like the people that are teaching you, but that so one day you become a teacher yourself. I'm in an amazing stage where my two boys are in their 20s. I still have a hard time when they come over to do things because they're more knowledgeable and very good at what they're doing. The problem is, is I still look at them like they're 11. And all of a sudden, when they start fixing something and they get it on, I'm like, man, who, who taught you that? He's like, Dad, that's why I'm going to school. Like, I'm actually at school studying this. And I'm like, who knew, you know? And he's like, well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start to learn. And you start to teach. Going back to relationships, listen to me. I do believe that, that there's a priority in relationships when it comes to Jesus, others, and then you. But I don't want you to downgrade the you. Because I truly believe that the way that you deal with your relationship with Christ and the way other people pour into your life, let's talk, about, let's talk about church. Like the goal for church is not for you to always be the person consuming at church. Like at some point you actually start pouring into other people because they need his church. Like the purpose is not like, woo, we gonna pay a staff and then the staff will go out and minister to everybody. Woohoo! meanwhile, I'm gonna go eat fried chicken. All right? No, the goal is, is for, for us to come and to get under God's teaching, get in his word, to grow and to learn so that we can actually go out and be the church and quit attending church. Let me rephrase that. I want you to attend church. <laughs> I'm saying that our faith moves past just in attendance. The word that we're talking about is the word discipleship. But for most people, what do we like? We like to be fed. We like for somebody to do it for us. We like for somebody to come in and, and lay stuff in our laps. But what if God's calling you to be the influence? What if he's calls, calling you to do something that, that doesn't change your life, but it changes somebody else's life? What if there's been people put in your life that's relational, that matters, and because it matters, now he's calling you to be like moving where now you're the influencee or the influencer? That's what he's talking about here. In fact, here's the way he talks to them. And all this is going on in part of the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 41. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me get the speck out of your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? And then the words that nobody likes, right? You hypocrite. Boy, that's a tough word, isn't it? Can I tell you how many times I've heard people tell me, well, you know, I wouldn't go to that church. They got a bunch of hypocrites. And I'm like, ooh, man, be careful there. I think the word you probably are looking for is 
You have people that aren't perfect. You have people that make mistakes. You have people that, that need forgiveness and ask for forgiveness and live in forgiveness. You have people that, I mean, like I, I'm gonna tell you, you know, first and foremost, like nobody needs forgiveness more than me. Nobody needs people to be patient with them more than me. Nobody, like I'm, you know, Amy and I used to joke around. I was like, we got five kids. We ain't never gonna tell nobody how to do anything with their kid. Wow, we got five. Like, I ain't saying nothing to you about your kids because I don't know what my kids, you know, like my mother only had two and I know what me and my brother did and I ain't saying nothing to you. I got five. But people wanna put names and, and call names and they get it from this scripture. But realize that, that what Jesus is talking about is he's not calling his church hypocrites or calling people that make mistakes and get forgiveness hypocrites. What he's talking about is people that act like something they're not, but then go around boasting like they are something. He's like, you're a hypocrite. You're trying to get a speck out of your brother's eye. Meanwhile, you got a big log in yours. Like, think about the visual. I can't see it. And before I start to do something, I need to be able to see clearly. My kids have made the mistake of asking me to take a splinter out. Got the splinter, but they needed stitches. <laughs> it's like, what? I can't see. Yeah, like, Dad, that's a really big knife. Well, that looks like a really big splinter. <laughs> and that's funny because it is a joke because nobody comes to me for a splinter. They all go to their mama. <laughs> But there's an issue when you can't see things the right way. And listen to what he's talking about. He says, man, you, you hypocrite. He doesn't tell them not to get the speck out of their brother's eye. He says, remove the log from your own eye first so that you will be able to see clearly so that you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. If you've ever had something in your eye, it's terrible. I mean, I've been in the middle, like, driving. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Amy, help me. There's something in my eye. She's like, you're driving. I was like, no, I'm not. You know, and she's like, pull over. You know, it's like something's in my eye. And, and, and this scripture is not saying, you are like, hey, man, just don't worry about it, dude. You got something in your eye. <laughs> I ain't gonna worry about the speck in your eye because you know what? It, I mean, I got a log in mine, so tough for you. No, he's saying, focus on yourself Remove the log in your own eye so that way you can see clearly and you can help the other people remove the speck in their eye. See, I think we get this totally wrong. We get people that want to judge the speck. Well, I don't know if it's really a speck. Looks, looks more like maybe just some dryness. Maybe we just need some drops in the eye. Well, no, there's a speck. No, I don't know if it's a speck. I don't know if it's a good speck. That may, that's, it's like, no, no, just, just do it. Just, just help the person out and remove what's causing them pain. We don't have to pluck their eyeball out. We don't have to, oh, sorry, you're in pain. I'm gonna pray for you. He said, no, I'm calling you to do something. You say, Mickey, what's the point? Well, the point is simply this. I believe the greatest leadership in life is self-leadership. And I believe the greatest influencer in relationships has always been the same that it's always been. And yes, it starts with Jesus, but it depends on you. 
Because Jesus being the creator and, and amazing savior to the world still gives you a choice. And if you do not choose to receive him, then guess what? You will, like, you will storm the gates of hell. And it's not because Jesus doesn't love you. It's not because Jesus doesn't want you. It's not because anything's wrong. Jesus said, I've done everything I possibly can to give you a way and to be the truth and to be the life. But you know what? I'm not going to make you. And so self-leadership has always been the greatest leadership in God's word because that's where it starts. And for most of us, and notice I said us, including myself, our biggest issue with our relationships is we're looking at everybody else rather than looking at the person in the mirror. And you would be the first one to agree with me saying, yeah, relationships matter. Because you've got relationships in your not life that, that have distorted you. Yeah, relationships matter because you've seen how relationships have changed. I mean, it's the scariest thing. When I was in student ministry, I watched girls and guys love Jesus, plugged into a student ministry, doing the right thing, and start to date one boy or start to date one girl. And I mean, a month later, it's like, what happened? Because they got around the wrong person. But I think in, in church... We want to we fix everything, don't we? Don't raise your hand, but has anybody got somebody in your life that, they th that they, their calling is to fix you? And they make sure that they check out, like, they're not an accountability partner, they're a fixing partner. They're like, I'm going to fix you. You're like, well, I didn't know I was broke. And the things they want to fix in you, you're going, dude, <laughs> if you only knew what was really in my heart and head, you wouldn't be worried about that because that's nothing. But the problem is, is that they, they try to fix you, but yet they got a big old log hanging out their eye. I'll give you an example. Go back to parenting class for a minute. You ready? It's impossible to parent kids in character and instruct them in behavior when you're constantly saying, do what I say, not as I do. It does not work. Like I'm telling you, for some people that are parents, I'm going to tell you, that's the number one issue. Well, honey, I want you to find somebody that's love and respectful and treats you like the queen that you are. Well, that's not the way you treat mama. Well, honey, I, I want you to, to love God and love his word and be in his word. I've never seen you read your Bible. My, the funniest one to me, and, and don't mishear me, I... I I personally don't mind discipline. But the funniest one to me is when you, know, you catch your boys in a fight and you grab them and you, I told you not to be hitting people. We don't hit people. And it's like, well, well quit hitting me. <laughs> and for them, it doesn't make sense. Don't mishear me. This isn't a, you know, you know I ain't Dr. Spock up here saying don't, don't spank your child. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we've got to learn to be self-disciplined with our relationships and realize what we're bringing to the dance in order to help be able to, to lovingly, gently, not remove specks from eyes, but remove pain and heartache from people's lives. Do you realize that that God's given each person in his church 
the ability to speak life and to be life-giving into people. But sometimes we're so consumed in trying to tell them how bad they are or telling them why that they don't hear the forgiveness and they don't see the giving. I listen to 93.1. I promote that station a whole lot and I will continue to do that. And it's just a praise and worship station that you can listen to on the radio. And one of the things that one of the guys says in the afternoon every single day, and I think it's so cool, is he says, listen, the world is full of kind people. And if you can't find one, be one. I promise relationships matter. They're a bigger deal than you even realize. And the relationship you are to yourself You better get it under control. Do you know that I will be my greatest salesman and yet also my greatest critic? I will literally, I I can sell myself. I've said this before. I can sell myself on stuff that, you know, oh, man, if I just had one of them Peloton bikes, I bet I could get down to 175. I got a membership I ain't used in six months that's right beside the Dunkin' Donuts. But the reality is, is it it goes back to my own self-discipline. Can I sum this up? When's the last time you stopped looking at all the things you couldn't control and looked at the one person you could? And ask yourself, am I doing what God's called me to do? I'm not telling you to not to hold people accountable. It's okay to, I don't like using this word, it's okay to judge poor behavior and to speak up for what's right just as long as you know that that same measure is gonna be back on you. I can't, I can't turn around to my kids and, and say, you know, I need you guys to do blank and then not be willing to do it myself. It's not, it's not a wrong thing to condemn things that are outside of God's word as long as I make sure that I'm not outside of God's word doing the same stuff. And I can't turn around and, and badger people about how they need to live in forgiveness but yet not being willing to forgive. And I can't badger with people about how they need to be generous and and look to other people and be willing to give to other people and help different people and then not willing to be generous and do what God's called me to do to be giving as well. And before I can get real far into it, the bottom line is I got to stop and say, you know what, God, I, I can't see. Lord, I got a problem. I can't see. There's a scripture in Psalms that talks about this. Actually, came up. It was really cool in the small group that I teach on Wednesday nights, and we just got started. But it was it's talking about a simple prayer that, that talks about God, know me, see me, let me know my faults, and correct them. You know, the concept is not really telling people what they should or shouldn't do. The the concept is saying, here's what God's word says. Now you're responsible 
to figure out how you want to handle that. In fact, in my, in my notes, here's the way I put it. How do I change my relationships? It's just a simple question, right? If relationships matter, then Mickey, how do I, how do I change them? And I literally just put, it starts with you. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, if you want to help support reaching more people with these life-giving messages, visit crossroadscommunitychurch.com slash give. Once again, thanks for listening.